Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Sophisticated Property Investing podcast with me, your host, Frank Flagg, the place where we help you to make annual returns on your money on a monthly basis. In this episode, I am going to take the podcast on the road. We are headed up to Middlesbrough. When I say we, it's my business partner and I, Maddie Norwich. And we are headed up to view and value and inspect 32 properties that we are in the process of buying. I feel it's important to go and see them all. I had toyed with the idea of not just doing desktop valuations, which we've already done, and then having a look on Google Maps. But I think you can tell a lot about a portfolio by meeting the tenants and seeing how they're looking after the properties. And you can also get a really good feel for the level of investment that's been made in the portfolio. Obviously, we're getting that from the landlord anyway. So we're looking at their figures. They're being very open. I guess we can't be 100% sure that they're accurate. I would put money on them being accurate, knowing the landlord or having spent time with the landlord uh, as I have. But going and actually seeing the properties will tally the two up. So we'll see, yes, they've spent this much on the property. Oh, I can see they've done this and this and this, etc. So, yeah, I think it's a really important part of the buying process. And the way I rationalized it, it's a two day trip. We're leaving at I think 7 a.m. on the Friday and we're expecting to be back late on the Saturday. So full two days, which is costly. You know, it's um, a full day's work on the Friday that I'm missing probably get a little bit of work done in the car between um, viewings but it's still nowhere near as much work that I could get done if I wasn't <laughs> driving around driving to and around Middlesbrough and then obviously Saturday is a whole day I'm not getting with the family so it is costly but I think worth it so that's the objective I'm excited we uh, set off tomorrow morning I will keep you posted as we head around so Maddie has just picked me up. We are on the road. Early start this morning. We've hit the road at 7 a.m. so as to get through hopefully 15 properties today and 17 properties tomorrow. That will get us our 32 properties. I'm interested. I'm interested to see the quality of tenant. I'm interested to see the quality of the properties. I don't yet own property in uh, this part of the world. It's up in Middlesbrough, so I don't own properties. Values are probably at about 15 years ago values 10 to 15 years ago in the east midlands so quite a lot cheaper so yeah looking forward to it we're uh, we're rocking and rolling looking forward to some pretty hard work i imagine over the next two days but uh, i think it's a crucial part of buying a portfolio if i was buying one property i wouldn't dream of buying it unseen and so if you're buying 32 you don't really want to treat it any differently even though it feels like a load more work so yeah, we're on the road. I've had my first coffee of the day and uh, I'll keep you posted. We have stopped for a coffee and I thought I would give you a little heads up as to how we've made this as pleasurable as possible. Because I'll be honest, I wasn't looking forward to two days of looking at property after property after property. I recently went and viewed, I think it was 13 properties in one day. Oh my goodness, I found it hard to, 
I don't know if I'm getting a bit nesh, as they'd say in Nottingham, in terms of that's like what, what Nottingham people say for if you're a bit of a wimp, if you're not in England, if you're one of our overseas listeners, then you know, just being a bit weak stomached, I guess. But the smells in some of these houses, the way in which some people live with rubbish piling up in rooms and you, you even sometimes see dog excrement inside the houses and stuff, uh, like on the carpet. It really is quite rough. So we are headed off from this service station now and I want to share with you some of the things that we've done to make this as enjoyable as possible and as efficient as possible. So the first thing that we've done is my JV partner on this has structured the 32 properties over two days but she's done them in a really sensible way. So she's looked at all the properties in one area and she's mapped them and she's even put them into Google Maps as one journey. When we've set off this morning it's got every journey between all the properties between now and lunchtime which is fantastic. So you can see oh, I've got 10 minutes here, I've got oh, 20 minutes here so I can make a 15 minute call. Oh I've only got two minutes here etc etc. So really really handy. The other thing is and I have to admit I wouldn't have thought of doing this myself <laughs> she is avoiding having to find the postcodes and put them into each and every sat nav so every time we get in the car the sat nav is all ready to take us to the next one which saves a couple of minutes and over 32 properties you know that's well over an hour the other thing that we've done is when we did the 14 properties 13 14 properties we wrote notes in a notepad but then they had to be transcribed by one of our team. They had to be matched up with the photos that we were taking. And so what we've done this time, which has, is saving us a ton of work, is we've created a Google form that links with a Google Sheet. And so we do a score for each tenant. So score out of 10 for quality of tenant score out of 10 for quality of the property and that's really helpful because then we can see how much we're gonna likely have to spend on maintenance moving forwards etc um, and a score out of 10 for the general area of the property as well but we also then note any maintenance that needs doing now and anything else of noteworthy so do we see evidence of drug use are there pets in the property anything else is the property next to a school for example anything at all that's relevant and we take a ton of photos external photos internal photos especially of any maintenance and we're now uploading that between each property we're uploading comments we agree on our scores and the photos into that google form and what that means is by the time we finish the 32nd property we've got a really detailed spreadsheet of every single property every single tenant we can combine that with the AST details um, we've got the values of the properties written down as well and we in just two days are generating a really comprehensive analysis of this portfolio so I'm excited I'm excited about that leverage I'm excited about that system if you, if you like and I'm actually excited about the two days where I really wasn't excited before but by making a bit of a game out of it and by making it as efficient as possible for me and you have to know what you enjoy you have to know what you're going to what's going to float your boat that is going to make these next two days a more enjoyable journey for me so <laughs> a more enjoyable journey in every sense of the uh, the, the word um, the other thing that we're doing is we're staying at a decent hotel the hotel's got a pool and a jacuzzi and a steam room that for me 
is a really nice way of breaking up the two days. So it's just about close enough that we could drive back and do two day trips, but far more enjoyable to then be able to sit down and have dinner and, uh, and chill out uh, this evening. So looking forward to it. It is now 12 o'clock and we started our first viewing at 10 to 10. So we are just over two hours in and we have seen eight properties, which is fantastic. We are rocking and rolling. I'm surprised actually at how quick it is. And I'm trying to work out why it's been this quick. And I've realized what it is. The last time I viewed a portfolio to buy, the landlord wanted to come with us, which on numerous levels was more work. On the first level, we had to speak to the landlord between the properties. So that slowed us down and you couldn't just jump straight out of the car and walk over, you know, Maddie and I know each other really well. We've worked together for years. So we'd have to be as courteous to one another. Also, the landlord was in his 70s. So, you know, everything was a bit slower. There were three people. So we had to consider, you know, comfort breaks and coffees and lunches and stuff for three rather than for two. But the other thing is, the tenants knew that he was selling to us. And so every single viewing, we were actually viewing the property, but we were also introducing ourselves to the tenants. And that probably doubled the amount of time we spent in each property. So we're averaging about 15 minutes per property, which seems like a lot of time, but that includes the travel between them. Now we've been quite smart, as I said earlier, about setting these appointments in a logical order. So some of them have only got a five minute drive between them. Some of them are one minute drive between them. Some are a bit longer, but in the actual properties, we take a photo of the outside as we're walking towards it. We step out the back door and take a photo of the rear. And then we literally probably spend 15 seconds in each room. It's a really quick whiz round. What we're saying to the tenants, and this is at the vendor's request, is that we're there to value the properties, which is true. We are there to value the properties. We're there to assess their condition and to relate that to the values that the vendor's given us and to compare that with our desktop valuations. But what it means is a valuer doesn't bother building rapport with a tenant. A valuer says, hi, I'm here to do the valuation. The tenant says, oh yes, I'm aware of that. Come on in and you walk around, you take photos of every room, you make some notes. We're, we're walking in with you know clipboards and we're gone within five minutes. And so that's made it really quite a slick process and has put us ahead of schedule actually. We didn't anticipate it being this quick. Amazingly, all eight of the tenants have been in, which is quite remarkable, and actually says something about the agent's relationship with the tenants. It shows that they are valuing the relationship with the agent, valuing the relationship with the landlord, which is a good sign. The quality of the properties is about what we would expect. The standard of tenants is about what we would expect. The frequency of pets is higher. Quite surprised, actually. I think every single property, oh, one exception, actually, um, but seven out of eight have had at least one dog. Some have got cats and reptiles as well. I think I've seen a few hamsters or guinea pigs, but some have got three dogs, and that does have an impact on the, on the property. 
However, and we're not asking the tenants this, but we have this data from the landlord. Some of these tenants have been in these properties for 12 years. So if they've got three dogs and two cats and a couple of kids and a reptile, they're not gonna be going anywhere anytime soon because that is a really tall order for another landlord to accept. And so it does actually, ironically, give you a bit of security of tenure that those tenants are gonna stick around. And if they're good payers and they're paying market rent and they seem happy in the property, then um, that can actually be a positive. So it can be a little counterintuitive when you view these properties and when you meet the tenants. And that's something that I would bear in mind when you're buying secondhand properties from existing landlords it's really important to stay to take 10 steps backwards and look at the situation objectively and when you do that you're not as worried about the condition of the, of the property because you can have a lovely property and have a tenant move in who passes all of the checks has a great landlord reference has great credit worthiness but they move in and they smash your property up because they start taking drugs or they separate from their partner and the new partner moves in with five kids or four dogs and before you know it, your beautifully done up property now needs a 10 grand refurb on it. So there is a lot of security and safety and risk mitigation in seeing how a tenant has looked after a property for the last three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years. So yeah, it's going well. We're, um, what's that, nearly a quarter of the way through? Yeah, nearly, a, actually a third of the way through. We're a third of the way through and it's going well. Maddie's just informed me that eight out of 32 is not a third, that it's actually a quarter of the properties. I always say that the collective IQ is better than any individual and I agree. Maddie's, Maddie's mathematics, she's laughing at me now in the car. <laughs> Maddie's mathematics brings a lot to the party. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done 15 properties down i have to admit i'm tired we're about an hour ahead of schedule finished at four o'clock stopped for a bite to eat the main reason we stopped we probably would have finished an hour earlier actually is we had given people a two-hour window so we'd grouped five properties in this two-hour window and then you know five in this etc and we were getting a bit too far ahead of ourselves. It was becoming a little unprofessional. If you say you're gonna be somewhere between two and four, you can't really turn up at half past 12. So we slowed ourselves down and had a bite to eat. We thought about moving some tenants from tomorrow and later today into earlier slots, but we decided actually we could just sit down and have a relaxed lunch, um, catch up on some admin, and then be going at the earlier boundary of the two hour slots we'd given people. So yeah, productive day. I'm gonna hit the gym and go for a swim now, and then um, we're gonna have lunch later and uh, get a good night's sleep before tomorrow. But all in all, productive day. Maddie, bless her, has driven me today. We're just headed over to the hotel now. Maddie's driven all day long, which has meant that I've had a really productive day on the WhatsApp and emails, etc. Looking forward to doing 17 tomorrow. I didn't actually believe we would get around all 32 properties in two days. Just in my gut, I, I, it just seemed like too many. But it's interesting, we have seen all 15 properties and amazingly have got into all 15 today. Not a single property, have I got that right, Maddie? Yeah, not a single property today have 
we not got inside, which is quite remarkable. So hopefully it'll be the same tomorrow. We will see, but uh, all in all a productive day and I'm feeling confident about buying this portfolio. Uh, we've seen one property actually that's unmortgageable, but the vendor had disclosed that to us in advance. So we knew that it was unmortgageable. And that's really important that you know you have a really tr high trust relationship with the vendor especially on a big deal like this where legals are going to take a while and you're talking about multiple relationships because when you're talking about a portfolio this size the relationship with your agent that you're going to assimilate that's going to be handed over is important the relationship with the tradespeople is really important as well as all the normal important parts such as the relationship with the lender and the tenants etc so yeah i'm feeling good about this portfolio and uh, feeling positive about doing this deal good morning guys and welcome to day two of our northeast road trip maddie i think that's what we're calling it we're actually calling it buying jeff's portfolio road trip but anyway of our road trip and i thought rather than just hear me there's two of us in the car we're headed to our first of 17 viewings today let's get maddie's perspective so i'm gonna ask a few questions and then i'm gonna hand over the the mic to uh maddie and she's gonna give you her perspective but really maddie my question to you is what differences are there when buying a portfolio from a vendor as opposed to buying an individual property now i know you and i are buying the the 13 14 properties by the way guys it's not because i'm making up numbers i, I just don't have a head for numbers maddie's laughing at me because she knows us so it's either 13 or 14 properties and this is definitely 32 i know i've got that one right um i got the bedford deal wrong i thought it was 27 for months and months but it was 26 in the end maddie you've done tons and tons of deals tens of deals where they're individual deals that you've bought or that you've bought from vendors and sold to investors but now you've done those three portfolios maybe another one um, that isn't a jv with me what's the difference what what would you say to someone who perhaps has had an inquiry from a vendor and they're about to treat it like a single property and um, what would you say let me hand over our sophisticated uh, microphone here it's not it's a set of headphones maddie's laughing at me a set of headphones on a on an apple phone which by the way winds maddie up no end because maddie loves android and can't stand apple but anyway maddie you're gonna have to break the habit of a lifetime and use some apple uh, hardware here we go yeah i would say that there are significant differences when you're buying a single property from a motivated seller than when you're buying a portfolio from a motivated seller motivation quite often for a, a, somebody who's selling a single property means hurry means quick means they want things to be done really fast and they're, and they're often got quite a simple approach to selling their house and they're often selling for emotional reasons when you're buying from a portfolio landlord in my experience at the moment it doesn't necessarily mean quick at all but what they want is to feel confident in the person they're buying from so your your level of competency and how you put yourself across in terms of rapport building is much more critical and i would say that you need a much higher level of deposit in the emotional bank account to get a portfolio landlord across the line than you do from a for a single 
at somebody who's selling a single property. Why is that? Why? I think because, I mean, I think typically because you're talking about not just their home, but their life's work. The value to them is actually really, really great. When you buy somebody's home off them, they're going to buy another home. But quite often when you buy from a portfolio landlord, it's for because they want to get out of being a landlord, but they still want to feel like they've done a really good job and they want to feel proud of their achievement. And so you have to take, you know, a lot more of that into consideration in terms of how you relate to them and your communication with them. They need to feel really successful, much more so than somebody who's selling their house. And so you need to sort of consider that quite a bit more in how you communicate with them. Another difference that I would say is typically buying a portfolio does take a bit longer, which means you're going to have an extended relationship with this person I mean we both know the Bedford portfolio took a considerable number of months longer than we would have liked it to and maintaining the relationship over that time takes a lot of effort and is really really critical because there's always going to be you know bumps in the road potholes and you need to have a really great relationship maintain that really great relationship to be able to overcome those potholes they're just you know they're just bigger and deeper on portfolios than they are on single properties in my experience so far so maintaining that relationship is the most critical thing and is needs more work than buying from a single house owner single home owner that's be the main difference for me is how you handle the relationship with the vendor and there you have it from the horse's mouth maddie telling you the biggest difference with buying a portfolio properties from a landlord rather than an individual property from a single homeowner the one thing that i would point out that's maddie's perspective on on it and i absolutely agree with it in addition the thing that i would point out is that the chances of doing a deal really quickly on a single property or really smoothly is x let's just for argument's sake say that there's a one in 20 chance it's probably higher than that actually a one in 10 chance of something happening that's going to delay it by two or three months i think that's actually in the current climate quite likely so one in 10 things and it could be oh let me list some of them japanese knotweed it could be a boundary dispute it could be solar panels on the roof thank you maddie yeah we're remembering all the things that have really slowed us down absolutely it could be that there's a problem at land registry it wasn't registered correctly i've had that recently where the solicitor forgot to register it and oh all, all manner of stuff it could be that there's a problem with the ast it could be that uh the valuer thinks it's a hmo and you have to persuade them that it really isn't a hmo because it's got a single ast and there's only one household i've had it recently where the valuer went in and said well this is two properties you're like no it's one property there's one kitchen yeah but it could be two properties because this could be a, a dividing door and it and it's like oh my goodness and then all of a sudden you've delayed by six or eight weeks so if you're buying a single property you can stand in front of the vendor and say with quite a, a high degree of certainty 90% let's say in this example that it's going to go through swiftly and smoothly but if you're buying 30 properties off someone well you can almost guarantee and, it, and you're trying to do all three all 30 at once well you can almost guarantee that there's going to be statistically three issues that are going to delay this portfolio by 
two or three or four or five or six or seven months and that's why these deals can sometimes take a year quite easily and that's with the vendor being really responsive the legal teams being really responsive the lenders playing ball so the biggest difference i would say is i would always go for control of the portfolio now so you move as quickly as you can to acting as though you own the portfolio as you possibly can so you might still give a hundred percent of the cash flow to the vendor and you might say well that's a rubbish deal i'm you know i'm doing all the work i'm managing it etc but maddie made a comment just now about the emotional bank account and by doing that the vendor is going to be so much more gracious so much more accommodating when you inevitably hit and that's not a reflection on you if you hit these issues it's often a reflection on the vendor because they didn't know but they'll blame you if you're not careful especially if you've recommended their legal team and in this instance it's one of the few instances where if the landlord has their own legal team which they probably do their own solicitors for conveyancing i would generally go with their conveyancing team because then they're not blaming you because you've chosen these solicitors and it's all taken longer and your choice of solicitors or your recommendation of solicitors for them might be amazing and the solicitors might be doing brilliantly but if there are problems well it's your solicitor or it's you (laughs) it's never it's never going to be them if they're still running around fixing boilers they're still paying for flat roofs that are leaking they're still getting phone calls from tenants so the quicker you can get those phone calls coming to you the quicker you can start paying for the boilers and stuff the quicker that you can start managing the maintenance and and the portfolio now when i say paying for boilers you might go well hang on that's crazy i'm I'm not saying put in thousands of pounds but start to take the load off the landlord solve their problem and they will cut you the slack then and psychologically like who's going to do all that if they're not serious about buying it it demonstrates that you're serious about buying it and you can sort those bits out you can take control of those parts of the transaction so if there's a problem with legals if there's a problem with mortgages and this is why in this environment in 2023 and probably 2024 you want to be doing control now pay later you want to be doing exchanges with delayed completions because you want to take control now and then buy at your own pace so buy at the pace that the lawyers and the lenders can do because that pace is slow so that would be my top tip we will keep you posted on uh, on how we get on today we have just finished meeting with the employee not the agent the employee who works 20 or so hours a week managing the 32 properties and the reason we've sat down to meet with her is because when we take over a portfolio we aim to keep as much consistency as as possible how long did we spend maddie with that uh an hour and 45 well that flew i didn't know it was that long during the two days we'd written a lot of questions we probably had a a side of a4 of questions and 
we just ran through them we bought her lunch and sat in a Morrison's cafe that was her choice she traveled 25 or so minutes to meet with us and it was really valuable really really valuable because what it gave us the opportunity to do is to compare what we'd seen on the ground with what we had been told before and also it gave us opportunities to ask her so things like do you do inspections and as we know a lot of letting agents will talk a 10 out of 10 game but will deliver a (laughs) 3 or 4 out of 10 game in my experience and once you have spent the best part of two days as we have now going around properties there's nowhere to hide if someone makes stuff up you can catch them in the lie and if they are completely honest then that becomes really evident as does their competency and I'm delighted to say that uh, this employee came across as very very competent and very very honest which is fantastic and little things so going back to that statement of you know or the question rather of how often do you do inspections and her answer which I believe is we don't do inspections so once someone's moved in we won't go out to the property at all actually I think she said one of the properties hadn't been visited in 12 years which isn't what a normal letting agent will say they do and the reason is she's an employee she's not a letting agent actually a bookkeeper who's been doing lettings on this portfolio for around a decade but through our she had no way of knowing that our follow-up questions would you know explore that further but our follow-up questions were did you know that such and such property had had solar panels added to it as it turned out she didn't know but we know that that can really hamper the ability to get a mortgage on the property for example did you know that this property had been extended and actually that she did know about that she did know that it had been extended and she knew the circumstances under the extension and it had been done with the owner's consent etc etc so yeah really valuable hour and three quarters maddie what was the biggest value you got from that meeting because that's quite a big investment of our time so i think just great to get an understanding from her get a feel for her in terms of how invested she is in the portfolio how in touch she is with what's going on and get a feel for whether she's somebody that we would like to continue to work with so you know a massive value from that time invested with her yeah that's how i feel the other thing that i took from that meeting was everything Maddie just said but also her personality profile because Maddie and I are both highly trained in recognizing people's personality profiles recognizing how that relates to the conditions under which they're going to work best the things that they're going to find easy the things that they're going to find hard and how best to manage them and just one thing here and this is so interesting before the meeting I would have a hundred percent have said that I will never meet her again, this employee, that Maddie will oversee her entirely. I'll probably never even speak to her again because Maddie's overseeing the management of the whole portfolio. Obviously, we'll pay this lady's wages between us. However, having met with her, Maddie and I have decided that that's probably not the best way of getting the most from her. 
and giving her the the leadership that she uh, requires so what we've actually decided is that Maddie will liaise with her on a regular basis and and you know on a daily weekly probably monthly basis but on a quarterly basis I will be involved and ordinarily I would just meet with Maddie on a quarterly basis but we've decided that actually me and Maddie and this employee will probably jump on zoom on a quarterly basis to touch base and to have two leadership figures helping and supporting her and that's just the nuances of getting to know someone better but when you're doing deals like this and they're a long way away fitting that meeting in today was really important really really important and it's easy to cut corners isn't it it's easy to not see every property just go see every other property well we actually met this employee at a property yesterday but it was a a five or ten minute meeting we didn't really get to know her very well and now we've spent nearly two hours with her we know her really well a lot better so yeah just wanted to give you that insight into recruiting your property managers and whether it's a person who's actually going to come on the books as an employee as in as in this case and she's also going to be the bookkeeper for for this spv this special purpose vehicle that's going to hold and own and control all these properties or whether it's a letting agent and I'd do the same thing with a letting agent I'd sit down and meet with them I'd spend a bit of time might buy them lunch top up the emotional bank account as uh, Maddie was saying earlier the emotional the emotional bank account by the way we talk about it quite a lot it's where you make deposits so you do things that are serving the person that you're interacting with so in this instance for example yes we bought lunch and bought the coffees that's a small thing but it it, it you know enamors someone towards you but also she asked if we could meet on the outskirts of the town rather than in the middle of the town because that a saved her 10 minutes extra driving she was already traveling 20 25 minutes but also it meant she didn't have to mess around with parking which is quite hard in the town center so just by conceding that and agreeing to meet in a place she recommended was another deposit in the emotional bank account and there were actually many in the uh, in the meeting where we gave her what she wanted and what she needed in order to be relaxed because obviously she came into that meeting I, I must have asked her five or ten times you know is there any questions you have for us anything you want to discuss and each time she came up with something extra or something new and the reason for and one of the things she said was well I'd like to know what's going to happen am I keeping my job do I need to go and find a new employer etc and so just being able to reassure her that we want everything to stay the same the only thing we're probably going to do is raise some rents uh, because some of them are a bit under rented but other than that we want consistency because if we keep things largely the same she's going to be happy the tenants are going to be happy payments are going to keep coming in for rent the trades people are going to be paid on time they're going to keep doing the work at the right price and at the in the right time frames so yeah really important to invest in those relationships guys and you hear me say it a lot property investment is not a property business it's a people business it's relationships with tenants it's relationships with your managers and your letting agents it's relationships with your brokers your mortgage brokers your accountants your bookkeepers it is just relationships one more and we're done we're on our way bit of a drive for this next one but yeah and we're done Woohoo! last one done we have driven to 
32 properties. We have been inside of 27, which I actually think is remarkable. That really speaks volumes about the level of rapport and trust and relationship the property manager has with the tenants. And we have scored all the tenants. We have scored all of the properties. We have noted all maintenance that we'll need doing quickly, we'll need doing in the medium term, need doing in the long term. We have scored the areas within which every property resides or sits. We've looked at every property from a mortgageability perspective, so we know which ones are mortgageable and which ones aren't. We have looked at which tenants are likely to be issues and which tenants we want to stay forevermore. We have looked at development potential, expansion, extending properties. We've looked at subdividing properties and splitting them into separate units and have got a really good handle on this portfolio. I have to admit, I think, are we both shattered, Maddie? Yeah, yeah, we, we are 10 out of, we've been doing out scores out of 10 on everything all, all uh, for the full two days. And our score out of 10 for how shattered we are is 10. It's a Saturday evening, I cannot wait to get home. I'm gonna put my feet up, I'm gonna have a glass of wine and yeah, relax in the knowledge that uh, we've put a shift in, but this portfolio will pay us for, if not forevermore, decades to come. These two days, they're not, it's not £10 an hour tasks. It's not £100 an hour tasks. This is £1,000 an hour tasks. And I think it's important as business leaders, as property investors, as sophisticated property investors as well, to recognise when you need to roll your sleeves up and get stuck in and that's what Maddie and I have done these two days and I'm really pleased really pleased with the results and I'm going into this portfolio purchase from a position of certainty from a position of knowing the strengths and weaknesses vulnerabilities potential threats potential opportunities of this portfolio which is um, can only be a good thing awesome we're signing off and that was our trip. We ended up getting home, or I got home at 8pm. Maddie had another hour and a half or so after that to drive on Saturday night. It is now Sunday. It was a fantastic trip. I'm so glad I invested the time. So glad we invested the time. We've got such a better feel for the portfolio now. We understand the tenant psychology. We understand how good a landlord the landlord's been. We understand how the employee has been managing the properties. We understand where she's strong, where she's going to need support, where we need to keep things the same, where do we need to add some new systems, some new checks and balances, etc. So really, really worth it. And now walking into this property purchase, I feel so much more relaxed. I know which properties are mortgageable, i.e. the vast majority, which ones aren't, maybe or definitely two, but maybe a third or fourth. And the two that need significant works doing, the two that are vacant and are not currently lettable, I've got a really good idea of how much we need to spend on those to get them to a good lettable standard and ready to move tenants into. So all in all, a lot of hours, um, two very long days 
quite tiring actually i was surprised how tiring it is but i think it's when you keep meeting people over and over that's quite tiring it has made me realize i'm so glad i never trained to be a rick surveyor because that's what they must do day in day out they must just go and do property visit write a report property visit write a report it um wow yeah I've, I've never met a surveyor who's you know like full of the joys of life and super chirpy and really happy and I can understand it now yeah well it's not a, a job that I would thrive in so yeah I do have a newfound appreciation for surveyors and what they have to do but yeah really excited about buying this portfolio I'll keep you posted as we go through the process I'll let you know when we're exchanged on it and we now and we then have control of the portfolio I don't think we'll be too far away at all the, the one thing that's holding us up at the moment is one of the lenders so we've got the rider ready we've got the heads of terms and the contract the draft contract ready so all we need now is one lender it's only for about five or six properties the rest we're sorted on we don't know the end date of those five or six mortgages and the problem with that is we need to put the date in the contract that we will be completing on those five or six properties so without that date we can't finalize the contract and without the contract we can't sign it and without signing it we can't have the keys and we can't do the deal we can't exchange contracts we're quite um, dependent on that lender and the landlord is really trying hard to get that that information from the the lender the landlord has um, not got the original documentation it would usually be in your mortgage offer but obviously some of these mortgages are 20 years old so he's struggling to find the original paperwork and the lender this one lender all the others have been great but this one lender has been really awkward in not providing that information so um, once we've sorted that we should be good to go very exciting guys hope you've enjoyed this episode on the road if you like it if you like more of these i think it's only the second one i've done i think the first one was hadrian's wall and this is our second one so if you've enjoyed this then do let us know and we'll do more of the same out on the road until next time happy investing sophisticated property investing a podcast brought to you by ethical property partners the experts in sophisticated property investment